everyone, and welcome to Classic Vinyl Podcast. Uh, we're your hosts, Justin and Tyler. I am Justin, and I've got Tyler right here beside me. Yeah, I'm Tyler. Or across from me, not not exactly beside me. Yeah, uh, we're close. We're pretty close. This, this room isn't that big. No, it's not. So this is the podcast where we review classic vinyl albums from the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. and in the classic rock era i would say rock and pop and and most of these albums are albums that i have enjoyed for years or somewhat enjoy and mm-hmm. and a lot of them are albums tyler is hearing for the first time only just right before we hit record yeah uh this is another album that for the first time i've listened to this album all the way through uh certain songs sure i get a lot of the radio play songs but uh there's more songs on this album that I haven't heard than there are that I have. And, of course, tonight we're going to be reviewing Black Sabbath's great classic album, Paranoid. Um, another kind of low-hanging fruit, as I said, but we can't go without uh, doing a review on this album. I've listened to it for many years. I really, really enjoy this album. And it's a fun it, album. It is. And I just want to... Get right to it. Mm-hmm. Let's dig in. Okay, so to give you a little history on Black Sabbath as a band, um, they're of course an English rock band. Uh, they were formed in Birmingham, England, in 1968. Oh, I've been to Birmingham, England. Have you? Yeah, it's an industrial town. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know it's kind of funny because Black Sabbath sounds industrial. Yeah, I don't even know what that means, but it uh, makes factories, yeah. machinery. So they were formed by Tommy Iommi, who was lead guitarist, Bill Ward, the drummer, Geezer Butler, the bass player, and, of course, Ozzy Osbourne, the vocalist. Um, you know, the funny thing is they were originally titled Earth. That was the name of the band, was Earth. Interesting. Which I really like that band name, funny yeah. enough. Yeah, and, you know, that really fits. It, it does. And it, But they did change the name to Black Sabbath in August of 1969. Mm-hmm. So, and they've had many, many lineups over the years, and... Maybe they didn't want to be confused with hippies. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, they kind of are. I mean, when we listen to it now, it sounds like mm-hmm. pure classic rock, right? Yeah. But all in all, it I, I think if you put yourself in the times, mm-hmm. Black Sabbath was certainly a, a shock to the system. Right? Yeah, c- considering that this is like uh, the birth of heavy metal. Yeah, and... I think that's what a lot of people say, the birth of hard rock or the birth of heavy metal. I consider it good, heavy blues rock music. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's plenty heavy, but it doesn't ever get uh, washed away. I feel like uh, heavy metal, sometimes it gets drowned out into noise. Yeah, it does. It does sometimes. But, you know, Black Sabbath, they've had multiple lineups over the years, Mm -hmm. uh, multiple singers, things like that. Tony Iommi... He's actually been the one constant in the band. Oh. So, through all the lineup changes. So, Black Sabbath is still a a group? Yeah, they're basically still around. I mean, they've had multiple reunion tours with Ozzy and Mm. other things like that. But, you know, funny, when they released their first self-titled album, um, it had a seriously negative critical response. Oh, you know, sure. it's another, I think because of the sound and because of the difference and the shock to the system, mm-hmm. you know, the people are hearing, you know, critics panned it negatively everywhere, but mm-hmm. it was a commercial success. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, this was 
uh, what a shock to the system is a good word for it. This is uh, the sort of thing that would make a lot of um, little old ladies clutch their pearls. Yeah, I can see that. You can you can hear the, some of the influences from other bands and their music to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But I think what makes them so legendary is that they did create a whole new sound, right? And it was heavy. It, it's dark. Yeah. Um you know, a lot of people think it's satanic, which I actually completely disagree with. I think if you were to really listen to the lyrics and read the lyrics, it, mm-hmm. it's it's almost anti-satanic in a lot of ways. But it really is because uh, th- that's something else that I notice is that the messaging here is um, it, it's what I wouldn't call it Christian, but it's definitely uh, when we talk about the band being named Earth. They're very much about uh, preserving the planet and the species. Um, you know, let's not destroy each other. Well, they're yeah. about peace. I mean, they have a lot of anti-war yeah. rhetoric. Uh, you know, anti-establishment rhetoric, things like that. Yeah. You know, but these guys created their own new sound, but it's not noisy. It's, it's not. It never got too weird for me. No, it's just dark. It, yeah. you and know, it's I, different. I yeah. mean, the lyrics are very ominous, and the the music is is dark, mm-hmm. filled yeah. void, if you if sure. you will. I think mm-hmm. I think if you really sit there and listen to a bunch of Stones and Beatles albums, and even mm-hmm. Cream and the Who and things like that, then throw on a Black Sabbath album of yeah. the same era, it mm-hmm. it is going to be. A, a pretty big difference to you. And I'm I'm surprised that they don't get more um, play at Halloween time. You know, because that that that's what it feels like. Is it? It feels like the acoustic version of watching a scary movie. Well, we especially got that with a couple individual songs, right? Yeah. And we'll get to that when we get to them. But you know, they they've pretty much all through their early career were dismissed by the, all the rotten rock critics got very little to no airplay, mm-hmm. but were still very, very commercially successful. And, you know, Tony Iommi wrote almost all the music geezer Butler. He, he pretty much wrote all the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not everything, but for the most part, that's kind of how the band, you know, took care of things, mm-hmm. it, you know, and, and a lot of people, you know, know that Black Sabbath played with tuned down guitars to give that darker, deeper sound. Mm-hmm. Um, the one misconception is they didn't do that until their third album, Master, Master of Reality. Mm-hmm. So here on Paranoid, the guitars are not tuned down. They're in standard tuning, which is... Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't know that, but interesting. You know, they've sold over seventy million albums worldwide, mm-hmm. which is pretty impressive. Yeah, the, yeah. People like them, and they're obviously, you know, people consider them, you know, a heavy metal band. Mm-hmm. I really don't. <laughs> like I said, I consider them a hard rock blues band. Mm-hmm. It, to me, fits better. But I can see where the birth of heavy metal and yeah. hard rock come from. I mean, sure. obviously they. They paved the way for that to come. There's no doubt yeah, about that. It, it, they're very heavy for hard rock, uh, but it's uh, I, I don't I don't know. I guess maybe enough people have built on the shoulders of these guys that uh, it just doesn't feel all as heavy as a lot of heavy metal. Yeah, and you know, the funny thing is, when I'm talking about the critics ignoring them through the 70s pretty mm-hmm. much completely, they still sold 8 million records worldwide <laughs> in the 70s. So, I like hearing that. Well, I mean, I think it's I think it shows that when people want something new and different, yeah. They're 
and it's good, mm-hmm. you know, because this is good. Yeah. The the one thing I can say about it is it still has very catchy, it, you know, mm-hmm. it's got a lot of good hooks in the sound, a lot of good guitar riffs. I mean, yeah. this album, if we talk about Paranoid and Iron Man, the songs, mm-hmm. or even War Pigs, those three songs yeah. have some of the hookiest Oh, yeah. Uh, Choruses and things. I mean, easily recognizable. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't know who Black Sabbath is, you've probably heard heard Iron Man or Paranoid at least, you Mm -hmm. know. And so, you know, they've had multiple lineups over the years. Ozzy was actually fired in 1979 from the band because of his substance abuse, funny enough. He used drugs? (laughs) He used something. He just says substance abuse. So, I mean, it. It could have been crayons or animals on stage. <laughs> that that was later. So yeah, okay. <laughs> he, he actually recorded eight albums with the band, actually nine, eight initially, and then another one in 2016 when he when he reunited. Um, he was actually replaced by Ronnie James Dio, who gave Black Sabbath a completely different sound, the way he sang, and I think really propelled them into that heavy metal. And with Dio, they. They recorded four albums, and he actually reunited with them later as well. Um, Ian Gillen, who was the lead singer for Deep Purple for a while, also joined the band from like 1982 to 84 or 85. Mm-hmm. I know for a couple years right there. So he was in the band as well. They've had multiple other singers, uh, Glenn Hughes and Tony Martin, a couple of them to name, mm-hmm. you know. Ozzy re- rejoined from like 97 and 2006. They did some other reunion tours in 2010 and 14 and even after that. So, uh, you know, they've they've had a lot of different lineups. Yeah. But I think they've always stayed pretty true to the Black Sabbath sound, you know. Yeah, they're, uh, they're very much um, what, still going. They are. Yeah, so... You know, let's get to the album. Yeah. So, obviously, Paranoid, it's their second studio album from Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. um, released on September 18th of 1970. Um, they were signed to Vertigo Records in the UK, and they were on Warner Brothers Media in the US, oh. which I don't know if they're sister companies or whatnot, but... Be interesting to find out. You know, Rolling Stone ranks this album number one on the top 100 metal albums of all time. I can see that. I think from the music, from the huge influence it gives, you know, and just everything it created, you know. I mean, just a super successful album. And Rolling Stone also ranks this as 139 Mm -hmm. of their top 500 albums of all time, of any album. Mm -hmm. So, I think that other metal bands could take a big lesson from this because uh, music in this is very good. It's it's fast and it's upbeat, uh, except for a couple of songs. But um, you know, you can you can hear the notes, you can hear the instruments, and they're all very good, very good musicians. Yeah, and for me, you know, there's some heavier music I like, but I do like being able to mm-hmm. have a beat to it. Yeah, have have a hook to it. Being able to hear the lyrics, you know, mm-hmm. it's funny because you can hear Ozzy what he's saying better in, when he's singing. Yeah, than you can if he's just talking. Very if you ever listen to Ozzy talk <laughs> yeah. on TV or something, and yeah, I was surprised at how well I could understand Ozzy. Here. Of course, he has <laughs> been uh, battled down for years and years with his substances. Correct. Yeah, that's true. So. You know, it was produced at Regent Sound Studios in London. Uh, The producer was Roger Bain. Um, 
the album was actually originally called War Pigs, which is the song that kicks off the album. Mm -hmm. But I believe the studio thought it was too because you know the Vietnam War was going on at the time, yeah. and I thought I think they thought it was too forward or political yeah. or whatever it was and mm -hmm. they recorded paranoid i think was the last song to go on the album and it was kind of a accident in a way oh. and that ended up being what the album was titled so if we talk about the the cover it's got a it's got this guy in a day glow outfit and he's got mm -hmm. a sword and a shield and it's kind of like a double exposure thing it, it was supposed to mm -hmm. go with the war pig name right of mm -hmm. the the album title but they left the cover the way it was interesting i know it was originally released in i believe in england just as a gatefold gatefold sleeve with just the band picture on it in black and white but mm -hmm. that was kind of uh taken over but and and the font on it too where it says black sabbath paranoid on the mm -hmm. on the album cover is kind of cool it's kind of a creepy looking font yeah you know so i like that but these guys they they got the creep factor going. Well, I think when you get down to Black Sabbath, you know, we're talking about the satanic portion of it. I really don't consider this band satanic. I consider them yeah. more shock rock than anything, but I think they were labeled satanic because I yeah. think some of their songs were misunderstood and things like that. You know, just because they mentioned Satan by name in the songs doesn't necessarily mean that they're... Um, that they're saying positive things about the devil. But they also mention God. They so, do. why are they not considered a God-fearing Christian band or because, something like yeah, that? Because, yeah, Ozzy actually cries out to God for help. Once they were <clears throat> labeled that as a dark, satanic group, mm -hmm. I, I don't think it hurt them, really. I think that's what helped yeah. them, in a way, you know, mm -hmm. as being that that anti-hero band, I guess, compared to the, the other yeah. bands of the time. And I think it was a something they wrote out, you know, mm -hmm. and it made it well worth it, you know. Yeah. So, Paranoid with pretty much no radio play hit number 12 in the U.S. and number one in the U.K. Really? Yeah, so... Pretty, That's impressive. Pretty impressive, you know. And this, yeah. this album, even though they'd released one album before, this album mm -hmm. and the popularity of it pretty much led to their touring America and touring the world, you know. Yeah, I've... I guess I shouldn't be too surprised that they wouldn't play Black Sabbath on the radio, but uh, I, I, th that's so surprising to me now because classic rock stations play them all the time. Oh, yeah. Black Sabbath's played all the time. Yeah. I mean, if, if you listen to any rock and roll station, you're going to hear Paranoid mm -hmm. and Iron Man at very least. Oh, absolutely. You know, so. And this album's also sold over 12 million copies worldwide, which... Um, Pretty impressive. Yeah, they weren't all bought by Ted Turner. No. I don't even know if any of them were, to be no, honest with he, you. He's eccentric, but I don't know that he's that eccentric. Yeah, I don't know anything about Ted Turner's musical taste. Me either. So. Yeah. I don't even know if he's still alive. Um, well, if only we had some sort of magical box in our pocket that could look that information up. But um, That would take I, away from our recording. I really don't care. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't yeah. either. So... Let's get to the album then. All right. So side one, uh, the vinyl opens up with War Pigs mm -hmm. slash Luke's Wall is what it was uh, called. Luke's Wall. Yeah. That's a, an interesting name for this because, I mean, War Pigs fits. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know this. I think this is uh, one of the longest songs on the album, if not the longest. It's about mm-hmm. eight minutes long. Um, the original title of this song was Walpurgis, mm-hmm. which actually was a Christmas for Satanists is what it meant. Yeah. And, you know, this is an anti-war song. And so, mm-hmm. they, they named it that because they basically thought the Satanists were in charge of the war, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's when a lot of people look at this and say, "Well, he mentioned Satan in here, and this is a satanic song." I don't I don't think it's anything. If no. you if you really want to read the lyrics, read the lyrics. He's he's saying Satan's yeah. basically mm-hmm. creating this war, and yeah, this is um, like saying that uh, the Bible's satanic because it mentions uh, a war in heaven where Michael the archangel throws or casts Satan out of. Uh, heaven. Yeah, I think you just yeah. need to read into it a little bit, but I don't think they did a whole. You know, I think they liked writing that wave of being that. You oh, know? The, the writing in this is amazing. So yeah. graphic and so uh, excellent imagery. So the instrumental to answer your question on the Luke's Wall part, mm-hmm. that's actually what they titled the instrumental. That is kind of mm-hmm. the outro to this song. Okay. They, they have a couple songs like that that they name two if, different things. I wonder if Luke is supposed to be like short for Lucifer or something. I don't know. See, there you go, Satanic. Again. Yeah. And well, I'm I'm looking at like uh, Walpurgis. Um, if if it's like Lucifer's Wall or Lucifer's Walpurgis, like Christmas is the Mass of Christ. You know, and see, here we go with the lyrics again. I I think, honestly, and I could be wrong, but I think you're reading into it deep. I think think shock rock is the Mm -hmm. perfect example, and I think a lot of this was their feelings on things, and they threw a lot of words in there to be very shocking and Uh, dark and doomy and stuff like that. Yeah, this song probably curled the hair of a lot of mamas. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. So, like all songs on this album, they're all sang by Ozzy Osbourne. (laughs) Um, And the song is credited to the whole band as writing it. But Geezer Butler actually wrote the lyrics on this. Oh. So, the bass player, which you'll see Geezer writes most. Geezer, what a name, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's quite a name. (laughs) He writes most of the lyrics. Was he a bit older than them? Is that a nickname? I I don't know. They're... I'm pretty sure that's his name, but I we'll have to research into that. But, okay. you know, I, I do know before we kind of get into our review of this song, you know, a lot of people and on a lot of lists, they consider this one of the best heavy metal or mm-hmm. heavy rock songs of all time or very high on the list. Yeah. And I don't disagree with him on this song. I, I love this song. I love the nuances in the song. You know, mm-hmm. it, it opens up with a bass intro. It's pretty simple. Yeah. It's an air raid siren, which, you know, signals mm-hmm. to war, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it's just, it's got that dark sound, but it's heavy, but not too heavy. So, what what do you think of this song? Uh, it's fun to listen to. This is one you've heard before. This is one that I've heard before. Um, you know, this one, uh, I, I don't know that I've got the same love story uh, looking back at my experience with this song before that uh, other people have, but um, listening to it and like really listening to critique it this time, I really, I, I've got that same, I've got that love story now. This is a great heavy metal song. 
Well, and it, it does take you on a journey. Yeah, it you does. know, I mean, from the simple bass line that mm-hmm. intros on it, and yeah, you know, the drums in it are excellent, mm-hmm. excellent drum work. These you know, guys are excellent musicians. They are, and i i like I like the lyrics in this. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy the lyrics written by Geezer yeah. Butler. Uh, in fact, one of the weakest songs. If I do consider probably one of the weakest songs on this album were lyrics written by Ozzy himself, and we'll get we'll get to that one when we do. Okay. Um, but but Ozzy's a really good singer. He, he's the right guy to be singing. Uh, yeah, I think playing. calling him a good singer is a bad way to put it, in my opinion. I think mm-hmm. he's a perfect singer for this situation. Yeah, for sure. Because he's not. You're not going to hear him. I don't think you'd want to hear him singing the national anthem. No, he's uh, he's not. What um, he's not Andrea Pocelli. He's not somebody that you want to just sit in and listen to him sing a cappella. But as the lead singer of Black Sabbath, he's perfect. Well, he's perfect because you got the dark, really deep sounding music, mm-hmm. and he's kind of a shrill voice in a yeah. way, mm-hmm. and it, it just fits shrill but clear. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. clear. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and this truly is an anti-war song. You know, it yeah. starts off in some of the lyrics, you know, and I really enjoy the lyrics in this one. Politicians hiding themselves away. Yeah. You know, basically saying politicians are the ones that are starting these wars. Yeah. And, but I ain't no senator's son. <laughs> that's a different band, but, yeah. but close. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of the thing, right? Yeah. Is that, hey, the politicians are never the ones that have to go out and uh, pick up the guns and it, and march into oncoming uh, fire right exactly it's your yeah. sons it's your friends it's you it's know the working class. the working class you yeah. know and they do mention satan in this satan laughing spreads his wings which is awesome imagery it is because mm-hmm. i don't take that as satanic i'm taking no. that as you he's know, pleased with what with war exactly yeah and he loves watching us destroy each other and this is an anti-war song yeah. and you know i really enjoy the instrumental at the end of this song i i I guess the, mm-hmm. the whole song is good because, like I said, it takes you on a journey, mm-hmm. hits the instrumental, which is apparently called Luke's Wall. And yeah. the only thing I don't really like on this song is how at the very end it speeds up to finish. Mm-hmm. And I've never really enjoyed that. I, I, it, and it's kind of weird. Yeah, and it? I guess after reading about it, I guess that was put on in post-production and mm-hmm. the band didn't even know anything about it, but oh. they did like it. Oh, so, did the, so this was post-production work of just speed, manually speeding up the, the playback? Yeah, okay. just, just to give it some kind of ending. It's oh, probably okay. better than a fade-out because, you know, I don't really enjoy fade-outs, sure. but it... I would have rather seen it end a little different. Not that it's bad. I just, that's probably my least favorite part of the song, but this song's an amazing song. Yeah. The the writing on it, it's amazing how simple some of the the words are. And yet the, the writing is very profound. Like um, one of the lyrics I jotted down was making war just for fun. Like there's nothing spectacular about that phrase. But listen to the message of it. And, you know, these are politicians just, you know, running and hiding and getting us involved in war just for fun. Yeah, and getting a lot of young men killed. Exactly. And I don't even know how much for fun it was. I think, you know, it seems like politicians, it's for money and power. But, you know, yeah, I would say with Black Sabbath, if you really truly think they're satanic, and I can't really speak for a lot of their later albums with J- Ronnie James Dio and things mm-hmm. like that because I'm not as familiar with those. 
Yeah. But I am pretty familiar with Black Sabbath's first four or five albums. And mm-hmm. I I see some satanic references, but most of the time it's anti-satanic. It really is. And, in fact, during this song is uh, where I drive down the question, how sincerely satanic are these guys or is it just image? And, uh, you know, we got into a discussion while listening to it that uh, answered that question. It just doesn't seem like these guys are Satanists. Uh, I don't see them, you know, actually performing black masses. Or... No, they, they were. Speaking yeah. of black masses, mm-hmm. um, why don't you tell me what you think about that uh, lyric rhyming, how they rhymed masses yeah. with masses. Oh, it was uh, it was poor writing. Yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting. That's probably the least favorite, my least favorite part of Generals the lyrics. Gather but. in their masses, yeah, just like witches at black masses. Yeah, um, two different type of masses, uh, but it, but yeah. the same word, same exact word, same yeah. spelling. A little, little bit corn. I've always different thought meaning. that was a tiny yeah. bit corny, but. You know, yeah. it is what it is. And you got to remember, these are young kids, you know, and I, that's why I don't buy into in the satanic field, the body's burning as the war machine keeps turning. And that's that's good rhyming. That is, and that not only good rhyming, but the imagery that brings exactly. is amazing. These are, these, and that's just is These guys are good. Yeah, Geezer, Geezer Butler, who does most of the lyrics, mm-hmm. he's pretty straightforward with them. If you, if yeah. you read them, they're not. I mean, some of them have a lot of imagery to them. More poetic than others, but the uh, the imagery is always present. Yeah. yeah. So good, good song. Let's let's move on to the second song. Sure. Probably, if not the most recognizable song, and probably mm-hmm. the second most recognizable song, depending on who you are. But yeah, and I don't know you. You know this song, but you don't know. You may not know it by its name. You don't know it as paranoid. Well, funny. That's funny enough because it doesn't say the word paranoid in the song anywhere. That's true. So obviously, this is paranoid. It was mm-hmm. the first single for the band. It was mm-hmm. their first single, and they had the Wizard as the B side. And the Wizard actually is a song that was on their first album, so their self titled album. Okay. Uh, the one you know is my ringtone. Yeah, that's right. So um, this again was written the harmonica. Yeah, this this was again written by the whole band or credited the whole band. Mm-hmm. Geezer Butler wrote all the lyrics. Uh, yeah. Tony Iommi wrote the classic riff, and like I said, it was according to history. He just kind of mm-hmm. come up with it on the fly, and it was the last uh, song put on the album. So, um, kind of amazing that it worked that way. Yeah. Now, this song didn't get a lot of radio play, just like everything else. It still was able to reach number four in the UK and only number 61 in the US, but yeah. it did propel them into, you know, stardom in the US. So, yeah. Uh, you know, to be charting and what, uh, without any radio play, I mean, it, it's just phenomenal to me that you can get as high as 61 and let alone as high as four. With with no radio play, now, I shouldn't say no radio play, but it was pretty subdued. You know, mm-hmm. you weren't this. This song does not have the word paranoid anywhere in it, no. which isn't uncommon with rock bands and things. I mean, you'll see yeah. a lot of bands, that, and the the song title was War Pigs didn't mention Luke's Wall anywhere. In it no, either. it doesn't, yeah. but it does mention War Pigs. But it, it can't does. it can't mention Luke's Wall when it's an instrumental. True, just telling you. Yeah. So this song was originally titled The Paranoid. Mm-hmm. But they changed it to paranoid for some reason. Then uh, abbreviation. 
Must be. Made it easier. <laughs> so Rolling Stone rates this 250 on their top 500 list. Or it's been as high as that. That seems low to me. It it kind of does for as yeah. iconic. As a, iconic as the band is. Mm-hmm. As iconic as... As, every, as the song is. I mean... <laughs> Well, Shoot, this, everybody knows this song. Yeah, this song has been covered by hundreds of bands. It's been used in a ton of films, a ton of television mm-hmm. shows. And the riff on it is probably the most recognizable thing that Black Sabbath has ever done, in my opinion. I may be wrong, but as far as the general public, either this riff or the riff on Iron Man yeah. are definitely the two mo- most recognizable. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. the lyrics... The lyrics on this one are really good, too. They've got mm-hmm. a lot of good feeling yeah. to it. You know, happiness I cannot feel and mm-hmm. love to me is so unreal. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty straightforward, but it, mm-hmm. it gives you that imagery, right? Yeah. And so, there's there's kind of out of the simplicity comes the poetry. Way yeah. to go, Geezer. Yeah, Geezer did an amazing job, I, I think, on the lyrics. And this is, you know, I'm not fully into lyrics but Mm -hmm. or at least i like lyrics i'm not into deciphering them but when they're like they are on this straightforward but but project that imagery that's what i really enjoy i gotta say i had a hard time understanding um ozzy uh his he wasn't enunciating all that well on this one because he's he's so shrill it's hard to make out what he's saying i think still much easier to understand singing than he is than talking yeah now paranoid for me is an excellent song mm-hmm. to me this and iron man i assume that accounts for probably 95 percent of black sabbath's radio yeah. airplay nowadays i'm sure and yeah. so you know they are a little overplayed you know if i'm sitting down to listen to this album i'm not I, there's not a skipper on this album for me yeah and it's not a very long album. I think he's just barely over 40 minutes. And it's it's just a really good album. And mm-hmm. so, but Paranoid, you know, for me, it's a little overplayed, but an excellent song, an all time riff that you can't help but know. And if you don't, then shame on you. Yeah. In my opinion. So, excellent song. If you know, if you have no idea after what, the, what we've just said, what this hung is, just go. Go Google it and listen to it and Spotify, whatever you do to listen to it. Yeah, and don't get that confused with last week's episode on Grand Funk Railroad where they have a song named Paranoid. Yeah, different song. Just remember Grand Funk came out with their song first. Yeah, that's important to remember. Just different songs altogether. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely different. What are your so what are your thoughts on Paranoid? Um you know, I I get that it's a very popular song. It's been put everywhere it's you know all, all over the place um not my favorite but hey you know not a bad song yeah so we move on to song three yeah planet caravan this song is not heavy metal at all no well i'm gonna challenge you because i don't think any song on this album is heavy metal planet caravan get initial listen you would think okay this is the song that probably doesn't belong on the album probably but I kind of disagree with that train of thought because it's perfect. It's a perfect palate cleanser mm-hmm. in between. I really love Planet Caravan. Yeah. I love how subdued it is. Mm-hmm. I love Ozzy's voice that they run through. Apparently, I did a little research and they said they run it through a Leslie speaker that had yeah. some 
treble and vibration effects on it. Wow. And it doesn't even sound like Ozzy, right? No, it sounds like uh, they've taken somebody into a, the men's room, given them a swirly, and the person is singing from underwater inside the toilet. Into a fan. Into a fan, yeah. Yeah. But it's it, pretty cool. It's got a very ethereal feel to it. It right? does. And I, I really like it. I like how slow it is. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's kind of a creepy, creepy yeah. sounding. But, you know, again, this it, was... And not not too creepy, though. I, I could see Bob Ross painting to this music. Yeah, that might be a little far, but... I go... I went there. Yeah. So, again, credited the whole band. Geezer Butler wrote the lyrics on this, which I really like the lyrics on this. It's mm-hmm. it's certainly a laid-back sounding song. Yeah, real peaceful. Has some really good flute yeah. on it, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a psychedelic sounding flute. Yeah. Um, I guess they overdubbed that later with uh, some stereo delay on it, and it's it's got kind of a cool sound. And this song really fits on this album because of the sound. It, they These guys are experimenting with sound and pulling out sounds from different places where they're using sounds to make music that most people would not think, hey, that's that sound is music to my ears. And yet it fits. Yeah, it does. And, you know, this is a one of the few songs that has piano on it. Uh, their uh, album engineer, Tom... Alan, I believe it was. Hmm. Um, I think he's the one that plays the piano on it. So it's just kind of kind of weird. It takes you on a whole journey. It's mm-hmm. apparently about it, you know, traveling through the universe. And I don't know if that's like on an acid trip or yeah. just in general, you know. But it it it's just kind of a. It just takes you on a journey, right? Yeah, it's got a different feel to it. Uh, once again, you're on that journey and has that same feel because of different sounding. Yeah. So. I, I really like this song, and like I said, it is a good palate cleanser yeah. in between, you know, Paranoid and yeah. Iron Man. But if you played this song and said, "Hey, who who plays this or who's this song by?" you wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Well, I, I don't. Most people would know this is Black Sabbath. No, Black Sabbath fans obviously would, but yeah, yeah you're not going to pick. Oz, you're not going to say, hey, that's Ozzy's voice because it sounds mm-hmm. nothing like him. Yeah, exactly. And, and they've done some good effects. But I, I really enjoy this song. And I, mm-hmm. I generally don't like when – there's certain albums that have – like every song's different. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the theme of the album, that everything's different. But then there's certain yeah. albums that kind of have a theme of the song mm-hmm. or, I mean, of the sound going. Yeah. And you throw a weird one in there and it seems out of place. This doesn't seem out of place. It no. just seems – I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm so used to hearing it for so many years. Well, let's see. The year's 1970, so it kind of plays out a little bit like – Sunken Living Room Lounge, uh, cocktail party or fondue party. Um, but it's just, you know, smooth, laid back music. You go some strange places with things. Hey, it's the imagery of Black Sabbath. I, I, I didn't, uh, write the music. I just went where it took me. Yeah. And I get that. I just don't, I never would have went to fondue party. Yeah. I went. I went there, didn't I? Yeah, you did again. So. Hey, man. That's 1970, and bell bottoms had never been bigger. True. So, let's move on to the next one. Okay. So, to finish out side one. I uh, am Iron Man. is a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. So, this song, probably, if not the most recognizable, the second most recognizable against Paranoid, yeah. depending on how you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 
that guitar lick is very, very well known. I mean, this is another song that's been used in hundreds of films and shows, right? Oh, absolutely. Including yeah. Iron Man. Yes, it was. Obviously. It has it was to be, you ha- can't make Iron Man without the song Iron Man. No, it had to be used. So, another another yeah. song written by the band. Uh, the riff was written by Tony Iommi again. Lyrics by Geezer again. Yeah. Very talented people and excellent guitarist. Yeah, he, he is a very, very excellent gu- yeah. guitarist. And he's come up with some... I mean, just if he would have come up with Paranoid and Iron Man, mm-hmm. you could say this guy's come up with two of the most recognizable guitar licks of all time, right? Yeah. So, but, you know, this is a story of a man who travels into the future and sees the impending apocalypse, right? Yeah. And when he he's returning to the present to warn the human race, he mm-hmm. is turned into steel by a magnetic field. Dude. And... His attempts to warn the public, you know, he's ignored, he's mocked everything because, Aww. you know, what are you going to think when some guy comes from the future? Yeah. You know, Saying, warning you. I am Iron Man. <laughs> I got turned into iron by a magnetic field. Well, yeah, but then he's pissed. Yeah. Because people shunned him, right? Yeah. So, he's going to get his, he's going to get Nobody his revenge. Nobody wants him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, what's funny since he's pissed and he wants to get his revenge, he's the cause of the apocalypse. Oh, the irony. Isn't that some so back of the future up, shit? Yeah, he ended up causing the apocalypse, which he came back to warn people about. Yeah. So, what do you think? Do you think this is just a silly, almost like dark Disney story? Or do you think it's... I think it's got uh, a, a very stern message that... Um, don't become the cause of the um of what you're warning people about the disaster that you're warning people yeah, it's, about it's kind of interesting so this and, and i think that that's uh with like protesting and um uh, like what um i'm just kind of thinking out loud here but like if you've got people that are uh tree huggers spiking trees well, then you're becoming, you know, you're you're adding to the destruction of the planet by spiking the tree in the name of trying to save the forest. You're still destroying the the planet, and, you know, or by setting a forest fire to yeah. prevent logging. Yeah. So interesting thing about this song, it was also released as a single. But this song runs about six minutes long mm-hmm. and they did cut it down to three and a half minutes as a single. Okay. And it. It was did moderately better on the charts than Paranoid reached number fifty two, yeah. But that's all. And yeah, you know, this song should be played on the radio because it's there's no they don't even mention Satan anywhere in it. Well, and it is played on the radio very yeah. heavily today. Now Rolling Stone ranks this song three hundred and seventeenth out of the top five hundred, and I think that's pretty low too. That seems way. Yeah, I I could see. I mean, I would think Iron Man and Paranoid, even though yeah. 
in in some ways they're probably my least favorite songs on the album <laughs> that that's a bad way to put it i think they're the ones i want to hear the least because i've heard mm. them the most but yeah. i love both songs because of how much they're played though that seems like they ought to be at least top 100 i, I would least. i would think so i would think at yeah. least iron man paranoid's yeah. a little shorter and a little <laughs> you know not not so much it's hard to say but iron man just has that mm. takes you on the journey it has a good story it has a good mm. guitar riff yeah I love when it breaks down in the middle when, you know, when he gets that nobody wants him, you know, yeah. when he gets to that mm -hmm. and then it breaks down into that. And it's got an excellent guitar solo yeah. with, you know, amazing bass work on it. Mm -hmm. um, he talks about heavy boots of lead, which yeah. leads us back to John Entwistle. You remember when he's mm -hmm. running away from his wife and he puts yeah. on his lead boots? Mm -hmm. Because he's got to get away, you know. Uh, lead boots are multi-purpose. They are. Yeah. I've never had a pair, but... I don't think I want a pair. Um, yeah. So, the instrumentation of the end of this is mm -hmm. excellent. It's got excellent guitar solo on it. The mm -hmm. drums are amazing on it. This, this yeah. whole song is... I mean, this is quintessential. It's a masterpiece. It is. It's quintessential yeah. Black Sabbath, right? Mm -hmm. And it, yeah. it shows everything. Ozzy does an amazing job singing it, and... You know, I, I would probably say this is their most recognizable song. For sure. Yeah. The, um, these guys, they've got a couple songs on this album where they really showcase their um, their talent. Yeah. This uh, I, I don't even think that this song is one of the top ones on the album for showcasing their talent. I think it's a great um, example of what happens when all that talent comes together. And you get something that's so iconic as this song. Yeah, and I, I probably rate War Pigs over this song. Sure. Um, I, I just like the for journey show, it for takes you on. For showcasing the talent, absolutely. But Iron Man is an excellent song. And, mm -hmm. you know, I am tainted a little bit by hearing way too much radio play on it. But yeah. it's going to be an iconic song for years. Well, and, you know, having listened to this song once again critically... Um, it makes much more sense as a narrative instead of what I thought it was on the radio, like a fanfic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. So let's kick over. Let's flip the vinyl over to side two and it opens up with electric funeral. Yeah. Now just hearing that song title, I don't think would give you any clues to what this song is about, but no, but once you've heard the song, you're like, okay, that title totally makes sense. It does. And this has got good lyrics in it. This is a, mm -hmm. another song written by the band, you know, as a yeah. whole. But Geezer Butler, again, wrote the lyrics. Um, it's basically about the fallout of mm -hmm. an, you know, impending nuclear war, which, you know, you put yourself in the times of the Vietnam War. That wasn't that far out of bounds yeah. to think that may happen. No, the Cold War is raging hot at this time. Yeah, so... Khrushchev well, and... Um, Let's see, who are we? Uh, Johnson at the time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it would have been. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it does take you another another very political song like War Pigs was. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's got an excellent intro. I know uh, Iomi plays the Gibson SG in it, and I love the guitar sound in this. Oh, yeah. It's got that SG you know, the gain high on it, and it's got the wah pedal on it, I believe, mm -hmm. and it's just got a excellent sound. Yes, it does. Um, this this song is a song that's been covered by many heavy metal bands, 
and you know at uh, Iron Man, you know mm-hmm. the song before had the the lead boots that kind of led us back to um, mm-hmm. the Who. Yeah, this song talks about a funeral pyre, which actually kind of harkens back to yeah, the doors. To the doors. Yeah, the to funeral the, pyre. Yeah, to yeah. the to this uh, light my fire. That mm-hmm. uh, the lyrics that Jim Morrison yeah. um, contributed to Robbie Krieger's song when he said funeral pyre. And yeah. I think these are probably the only two songs. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm sure there's others, but they're the only two I'm aware of that say anything about a funeral pyre. Yeah, well, th- this song, it's very funeral-ish. I mean, it feels like a funeral. It's, it's got the funeral march. I mean, you, you'll you know this this um, funeral march because it's just kind of the epitome of uh, the horror film genre. Like, it's just, it's creepy. It kind of sounds like an organ playing. and Yeah. What do you think they mean by the, the title Electric Funeral, though? Do you think it's... After listening to the song, okay, I wrote down... We'll all be like electric light bulbs with no one to bury us and no one and no one to bury if there's a nuclear or radioactive annihilation. So the, these guys are making a very strong statement against nuclear warfare, against nuclear um, the use of nuclear uh, weaponry. Once again, another political song. These guys are t- trying to make a very strong political statement with this album. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the third anti-war song on the album. This, kind of was, this is the f- the funeral march for the world. This is our funeral march. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and I think when you start listening to the lyrics of these songs and really pay attention, that's why I don't buy into the Satan bullshit on this because <laughs> it it just doesn't pertain no once again i've got my notes written down here at the bottom of the page this band is completely misunderstood because of the name or satanic overtones this band is bleating for peace and de-escalation it's a good way to look at it Mm -hmm. and some heavy drugs that's right oh that too yeah that too which you know comes out in the next song yeah, so the next song, Hand of Doom, another long song on the album. It runs about seven minutes. Um, it's kind of a slow song. Um, it's got a good intro to it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I shouldn't say it's a slow song. It starts out slow. And, you know, it's kind of a strange song because Ozzy's lyrics in it are really good. Mm-hmm. And then the song after, you know, the first initial little piece of it kicks in pretty heavy. Yeah. And... It goes back to the bass and stuff like that. Now, this is another song credited to the band, lyrics by Geezer Butler once again. Um, what's kind of strange about this song, we'll get into that in a second, but it's another song against the war. Yeah. It's about, you know, U.S. soldiers that were arriving in England from the Vietnam War yeah. that, that were arriving with severe you know, drug addictions, drug problems, issues related to that all caused by the war, which it was a serious issue, right? It wasn't just the fever that they brought back from Vietnam. No, and they brought back the opiates. Well, that's the thing is yeah. even the people that weren't killed in the war or maimed in some way yeah, come back damaged. They do. And, you know, uh, this is kind of a drug rage, drug raging time period. But this is not marijuana. This isn't just, you know, smoking some dope. No, this is mostly heroin coming yeah. from the Vietnam era. And the the um, the lyrics in this 
are very telling of that. Let's see. I jotted down some of them. Tried something new. Now it's killing you. Heroin. Uh, <laughs> then he's got uh, take uh, sleep that you don't know. Give death a kiss. You know, and that's kind of like when you they, they they talk about you know the needle going in mainlining heroin, and you see people that do that and like they start to like they fall asleep. You know, it kind of knocks them out, and you know they're going to asleep, but they don't know that they're sleeping. And yeah, they're giving death a kiss, and sometimes people die from it. Um, then another one, mindful of pleasure, but body looking ill. Yeah, people that have been on heroin for a while, you've seen them. They look really gaunt, and they a lot of times seem like they're not taking very good care of themselves. They look real thin and pale and ill. Yeah, that's what's interesting about this song. I mean, because it's kind of on the other side of the war mm-hmm. is, okay, you know. Some of the other side effects, right? Well, yeah, we've got the anti-war songs and things like that, but this is basically saying, you know, Look, people are coming, but you know they may not yeah. be coming back in a body bag, mm-hmm. but they're damn close to it, anyways, because yeah. of what they've experienced and what they, you know, what addictions they've caught, and it's it's kind of crazy, you know. And yeah, do you, do you remember the song by Sting, um, the Children's Crusade? No. So it's about 1914, the um, the Great War, mm-hmm. and there's a line in there that says, uh, "Poppies for young men, death's better trade." Or bitter trade, I can't remember if it's bitter or better. But I jotted that down here. I'm like, okay, so poppies are also the source of heroin. I'm like, that really yeah. adds a different meaning to that lyric. Because um, in the in the Sting's uh, song, Children's Crusade, it seems like the message there is, well, poppies are you know popping up on Flanders Field where all these bodies have turned into uh, uh, fertilizer. You know, but now we've got these uh, young men going off to war, coming back with uh, opioids, the fruit of the poppy. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And that's it's kind of yeah. where this one's following in, too, you know. And the, I got to say, this song, like, uh, there's a like three different stages and that, that middle part that um, doesn't really fit in. But it starts off slow and everything and then really speeds up, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say is mm-hmm. that I really like the beginning mm-hmm. and the end of this song. Yeah. And I even like the middle, mm-hmm. but it doesn't fit. It's, it's almost like it should have been a separate song completely. It, it does. It's a completely different time yeah. signature. It's a completely different song right in the mm-hmm. middle. And I, I mean, that's how it yeah. was meant to be. But I think it's just meant to give you that imagery of a, a, hero- <clears throat> Sorry, a heroin trip. Well, it could it could do it. Just for me, mm-hmm. I really enjoy Hand of Doom here. Yeah. I enjoy the beginning mm-hmm. and end. I think they could have yeah. done a good instrumental mm-hmm. in it and made that as another song. But sure, hell, it is what it is, right? Still yeah. a good song. Mm-hmm. So, really good song, and it's got a good slow outro, and the bass mm-hmm. is really good on that outro. I really enjoy it. Yeah, that's kind of the cool thing is it really plays out that whole heroin thing where you. You really slows you down, right? Makes you lethargic. Yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting song. Yeah. It shows their their intelligence in their writing, at least mm-hmm. again the imagery you get from things, right? Yeah. 
kind of interesting. So now we move on to rat salad, which it's a rat salad. (laughs) Interesting. They called it that. Um, Mm -hmm. This is an instrumental song. Not very long, just a couple minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. It's got good guitar work at the first. It's got some good drums. Um, An amazing drummer. Yeah. I do like this, but it's probably my least favorite song on the album just because it doesn't really... This is one I could say doesn't really fit in. It it would have been good tagged on the end of another song or something as the mm-hmm. outro, you know, yeah. as the the musical piece. And I'm not saying I, I dis see that. I'm not saying I dislike it. I don't skip it. I don't have any skippers on this album. Mm-hmm. It's just it's okay, you know. Yeah, I I feel like the the music really reflects the graphic nature of the title Rat Salad. But what it what I think would be uh, very con- uh, contributory to this would be to have Ozzy, you know, just pipe in every once in a while screaming out rat salad, rat salad, like uh, the B-52s with rock lobster. Yeah, yeah. I guess it would be similar, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, it's just um, a little bit of album filler, but not it not is. a bad instrumental, you know? No, and uh, once again, a showcase song where you really get to see the um, musicians showcase their talent. Yeah. So we move on to the last song on the album, which is Fairies Wear Boots, which was originally re- referred to as Jack the Stripper Fairies Wear Boots, mm-hmm. but on later releases, yeah. it isn't. Um, are they are they lead boots? They're not lead boots okay. in this one. Yeah, it doesn't sound like lead. No boots. fairies can't carry. It sounds more like jack boots. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Uh, skinheads would wear. Right, similar. Yeah. yeah. So this is this was the B side to the song after forever, which actually came off their next album, Master of Reality, which is really strange. They they did that on this album. They had a single. That was the B-side off of their first album. And now they've got this as a B-side off of their next album. Kind of strange. Yeah. um, This song was credited to the band. And the lyrics on this one are the ones that were written by Ozzy Osbourne. And I think the lyrics on this are probably the weakest on the album. The lyrics. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and he supposedly said he wrote it about some skinheads that had called him a fairy, you know, because of his long hair and all that stuff. Um, And and they've interviewed him and he said, well, the second half of the song's about acid, LSD, whatever. But in all reality, Ozzy simply doesn't remember. And I don't know. That shouldn't be a surprise, right? No, there was some substance abuse. Well, not only that, when you talk, (laughs) we're talking... 50 plus years ago, mm-hmm. how much are you really going to remember anyway, especially when yeah. you were under the influence <laughs> the whole time, right? Yeah, for real. I mean, this is a, a wild ride. Yeah. So. so, it's got a really good kind of a psychedelic style intro yeah, to it. peppy. Yeah. I yeah. Like uh, and when the lyrics finally do kick in, it's got a really good beat to it. I really yeah. enjoy the mm-hmm. beat. Nice um, rhythm. Yeah. And the guitar bends in this are amazing. The guitar work, again, by Ohm. Iomi is mm-hmm. is just excellent on this. Master guitarist, yep. Yeah, the guitar solo in the middle is excellent. I love how it kicks up a notch at the end. The drumming mm-hmm. is superb in this song. Mm-hmm. I think the only weak part of this song, honestly, is the lyrics. But the musicianship in this song is amazing. Yeah, the lyrics, I, I, I can see um, the Aussies, you know, jabbing back at the... Doc Martens wearing uh, skinheads and <laughs> calling them the fairies, right? 
Well, I mean, that's, Doc Martens was a popular boot brand for skinheads. Okay, fair enough. But, hey, they're good shoes. What can I say? Yeah, I've got a pair of them on right now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Well, so, but I'm the one that looks like a skinhead. <laughs> I have no hair. True. Yeah. So, excellent song to end out the album. And I thought it was a perfect song to end the album. Yeah. Just Some in, of everything. In my opinion, just has the weakest lyrics, but sure. excellent musically. Yeah. So, you know, if we go to... And like I said, I don't have a skipper on this album. I listen to this album complete quite often. I, I keep it on my playlist yeah. quite often. Let's let's go to uh, winners and losers as far as we're both concerned. Mm -hmm. What would you consider your strongest song and your weakest song on the album? Um, strongest song, probably War Pigs for strongest. And I agree with you 100%. And I think most people probably would. Yeah. Um, just because... That's a song that listening to it this time around, like I really got in there critically thinking about it. And it, it's a song that the more I listened to what it was actually saying and what the, the, the what they're saying to me through the music yeah. as well, it, it, uh, it really struck a chord with me and um, in a way that I thought was really important. Well, it is. It's an important song as far yeah. as what the lyrics mean. Their message is important. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that song. That's why it's striking because mm -hmm. the musicianship in it is superb. Yeah, the meaning of the song is superb. The lyrics are superb. I mean, everything in it is. It, to me, that's the strongest song on the album. Absolutely. Um, I, with a close second being Electric Funeral. I liked Electric Funeral so much that now I'm going to tell my wife to put it on like her uh, Halloween um, playlist because yeah, there, like there's a, a lot of Black Sabbath songs that have that creepy vibe to it, that creepy feel, that um, that uh, funeral march that got written down for heaven's sake. <laughs> yeah, that funeral march. It. Um, you know, that's the sort of stuff that you want to hear at Halloween time, creepy music. But nobody thinks about Black Sabbath. <laughs> so, what is your least favorite song on the album? The problem is, is I liked Planet Caravan. I, I don't want to give that one like a... I want to throw that one out. But I thought it, it didn't quite fit the rest of the album. But, you know, once again, looking at it for what it was as a palate cleanser, um, I'll probably have to go with Rat Salad. Yeah, and that Red Salad was, for me, the, the worst song on the album. And it wasn't bad. It just didn't... I. What was the point of it? So, for me, definitely War Pigs and Planet Caravan are my two favorites. Mm -hmm. uh, like I stated, Rat Salad is probably my least favorite. But since it's really short and just instrumental, if I was to pick another least favorite, mm -hmm. I would probably pick Paranoid. Yeah. Funny enough, and and I'm sure a little of that leads into the fact that I've heard it five <laughs> godzillion You're times. Sick of it, you know? yeah. <laughs> um, but I still enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to state it once again. There's not a skipper on this album for no. me. It's a good album. There's a couple fillers and a couple things I'm just being probably overly critical of. Sure. But that's what we're here to do, right? Yeah. So um, once again, this album low hanging fruit. <laughs> this was the easy one, right? Well, it, it was the easy one because I knew what I thought of the album beforehand, yeah. right? Well, and I didn't, but I'll I'll give you my honest opinion after listening to this whole album. Ten out of ten, really excellent. This album was a masterpiece by Black Sabbath. I came away from this uh, listening with a very 
different view of Black Sabbath and a different understanding of Ozzy Osbourne and all of these guys. And then I went into it. That's kind of strange. You would give it that high of a rating. For me, Mm -hmm. um, you know, generally when I say there's not a skipper on the album, I would have to say 10 out of 10, right? But I think I'm going to have to be a 9 out of 10 on this one. Fair. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know why, just because I can't, without a doubt, a classic album, right? Mm -hmm. But this album isn't really you the way the Beatles, the Doors, the Who... Some of those guys are. Well, right? it, it kind of is. Um, but I don't know. I it, To me, maybe it's hurt a little bit by uh, Iron Man and Paranoid to me. <laughs> Some and, of the overplay. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe. But I but I face that with any Beatles album. I face that with any sure. Doors album. I face it with any Deep Purple album. You know, I mean, you take Machine Head with Smoke on the Water. I mean, you can't. It's hard to find a more overplayed song that so you know there's a lot of those that you know i i definitely give this a nine it's probably close to getting a nine and a half for me so but that's our review of black sabbath paranoid i hope you go out and check it out if you haven't already and you know definitely don't uh, let the the satanism um, mystique or uh, what persona or uh, stigma that they have going on about them get in the way. Get past it. Listen to what they're saying. You'll understand. These guys are not telling you to worship Satan. They don't worship Satan themselves. These guys are out there to save the world. Well, even if they did, who cares? Because music's music, right? Exactly. You don't have to agree with everything everyone says. And you don't even have to know what it means. I mean... Yeah, this is not Hail Satan music. (laughs) No, it's certainly not. And, I mean, without a doubt, I've, I've said it before, but this is not heavy metal i can see how it started it this is heavy blues rock and roll (laughs) yeah it's very hard very hard rock but not not heavy no and it's it's perfect i i love the album you know they've Mm -hmm. got a couple other good albums that i really enjoy as well and i'm sure we'll get to them at some point i'll tell you something to sum this up for me is that these guys were writing for a factory worker that wants something to listen to that's going to like speed up his work day because, you know, that's kind of how it all plays out is a lot of times these uh, if you work in a factory or if you work, you know, manual labor, you'll often hear guys listening to heavy metal. Well, a lot of times I think that's to get their rhythm sped up so that they work harder and work faster. Yeah, but there is a lot of political meaning in this, too, is yeah. something you don't really associate with Black Sabbath, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, there's something for everybody. Yeah, yeah. shock rock, excellent rock. Mm-hmm. They did an amazing job creating a new genre of sound, without a doubt. Yeah, so sure. go out and check out the album. If you already know the album, listen to it tonight. Listen to the other songs. It's amazing yeah it's great so let us know what you think send us an email at classic vinyl podcast at gmail.com reach out to us on instagram at classic vinyl podcast you know let us know how we're doing we appreciate all you guys that are listening to us and Mm -hmm. uh, downloading our episodes every little bit helps so glad to have you with us so until next time we'll see you thank you so much for listening to classic vinyl podcast and don't forget to subscribe on spotify or apple podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Classic Vinyl Podcast for updates, and also share us with your music-loving friends.